Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to your latest edition of the Jails Night Weekly Podcast, hosted by myself, Craig Ray, the independent Rangers podcast made for fans by fans. And as always, all of our content is free. You can get us over on the website, the forum at jailsnet.co.uk, and get us over on Twitter as well at Jailsnet Online. Um, on the website, you've obviously got the forum, you can see some articles. Um, and we've got a great history archive over there as well. So if you can um, get yourself along to the website, it would be much appreciated. And just before um, I introduce my guest first, um, just need to bring you a message from our sponsors, um, our Forest Precision Engineering. They're a subcontract Glasgow-based engineering company, and they've been a big commercial supporter of Rangers for many years. And we're absolutely delighted that we're back in our podcast. You can get them over at forestprecisioneng.com. And you can also visit the Forest Precision Executive Lounge, a stirring new hospitality area within the historic main stand. For more information on how to book this unique and intimate space, you can email the club via hospitality at rangers.co.uk. Well, they say the, the old ways are the best ways, and I'm joined tonight by uh, Jersnet Royalty, really, and Colin Armstrong uh, and Ross Bennett as well. Colin, I'll start with you. How are you doing, sir? Good to see you. Yeah, uh, royalty. Well, uh, I don't know about that. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> uh, I'll take the compliment, but I don't know if I'll necessarily agree with it. But uh, yeah, just listening to the wind howling uh, against the kitchen window here, that's pretty bad where I am. That is. Um, Ross, I'm sure the weather's maybe not quite as bad as, um, as, as up here where you are. No, it's not too bad. Um, although, as you say, I've not been on this show for a, probably a two or three months now, and so I'm not really sat on camera. I'm only just noticing how much hair I've lost and how many pounds I've gained. So um, I'm thoroughly depressed now. Fantastic. Welcome to my world, Ross. <laughs> well, there's not much to be depressed about in the world of the Rangers tonight. It's been, as you're saying, Ross, we've not been on for a couple of months. And those last couple of months have been pretty much transformed with uh, our new Belgian wizard at the helm. But um, Ross, I'll, I'll start with you then. Obviously, the game last night against Dumbarton, um, pretty comfortable 4-1-1. Um, you know, these games are kind of what they are, aren't they? Um, it's kind of a historically significant tie as well. I'm pretty sure the the first two winners of the, the first ever Scottish League back in 18 whenever, or back then. Um, but it's one of those cup ties. It was, I actually thought he played pretty well. It was fairly comfortable. And when Brunson got that first goal, the, the result never really was going to be in, in the doubt, was it? No, I did a cup tie like that is is to be navigated and nothing more. Um, I think it's actually very rare that you you get a cup tie away at lower league opposition. I don't know if it's rare for just for Rangers or if it's rare in football in general, but it's quite rare that teams actually go and win five, six, seven nil. Um, it, it's usually, like I say, a tie to be navigated. Just get through it. Don't pick up any injuries. Don't have a, a horrendous slip up. Um, then you throw in the you know the, the conditions that were the weather yesterday and, and, and the conditions on the pitch. Um, Chris, I think I've I've got a cold just from watching it. So it was it was not it was not conditions for good football. So all those things being said, to score four goals, um, uh, we, we conceded one, which I'm sure we'll talk about, and was sloppy and was disappointing. But actually, I, I agreed with uh, with the manager's comments after the game that. We, we played pretty well. We scored four goals. We've come through the tie. Um, I, I think it was probably as good as we could expect. Um, I was, I thought, <laughs> I thought it was a, you know, it looked like an excellent atmosphere. The, the um, Union Bears obviously did themselves proud with the pyro coming in over the fence. Um, 
it's it, it, we've got a, a positive draw in my opinion for the next round as well that was done an hour or so ago. So actually, uh, reasons to be to be really thankful and really really pleased with the uh, with the result. Yeah, Colin, it, it was comfortable. Um, a lot of people mentioned last night. I think you did as well, but the just via play in general and like the the absolute disgraceful pictures we were seeing. It's like. I don't know if like they invested in wipes or something like that. All somebody had to do was like give the the camera a wee a wee wipe, and maybe the problems would have been sorted. But I just for me, it's just amateurish. You know, you've got via play who they're maybe just trying to do it on the cheap. If they're not getting in the proper equipment and stuff like that, and considering how much fans are being charged for, you know, adding via play on as as an extra, and you know, it's just no good value for money. I think, mate. No, it's not. I mean, I, I mean, it, it was a real bugbear of mine that, in general, that you know, we as Scottish football fans in particular are asked to subscribe to so many different channels in order to see our teams. Uh, so I subscribed to, to Sky Sports News, obviously, because Rangers are on there. Uh, I had to subscribe to Viaplay when, when that became a thing. I've subscribed to BT Sports in the past when they covered their games. Uh, ESPN when they covered their games, Satanta, fucking mind the name, Satanta Sports, they plebs, uh, subscribe to them. Uh, and it, these kind of things, that, that's not the first time that's happened. I can, it's, it's funny this happened yesterday because uh, I, was, I, was I was at the Shire game last week with, uh, with my mate. Uh, we went to see Shire against Lamarth Grows uh, and we'd, we'd sort of recalled that a good few years ago Rangers were at Falkirk uh, and the same thing happened. I think it was Satanta that day who were covering it. And me and my mate went to watch it in a pub, and you literally saw none of the action. You know, all you saw was the screen covered in water. Every now and again, it got a wipe, and then it lasted for about thirty seconds, and then it was it was it was soaking again. And it, I mean, you don't see that down south. I've never seen that in any other game. And, and I know I, I get that. You know, there are grounds up here like Dumbarton. I think Dumbarton only has one stand. So that's obviously an issue uh, in terms of protecting the camera. Well, surely you just put the camera where that one stand is. I noticed Dumbarton posted some footage this morning of their own media channel, and that's where they were. They were in that stand. So anyone watching on Dumbarton TV on their official channel got perfect coverage of it from, from the other side of the pitch. You know, Falkirk, I think it happened that day at Falkirk because they've only got three stands. So where the camera was, was in the area where there's no stand. So you either have to put the cameras in the stands and accept that people at home are going to see like nothing on the other side. Or you build something substantial enough that protects the camera. And that's it. It's, I don't know if you've seen it. Somebody, I just see it the other now. It's on Twitter at the moment. Uh, the cameraman, Alan Dennison. From he's like freelance, you know, he does BBC, ITV, blah blah blah. He's literally just on top of this bit of scaffolding with a camera, just wide open to the elements, you know what I mean? And his tweet just says, uh, I don't do dry January. Uh, so that's what's going to happen if you're sticking, if you're sticking cameramen, you know, on top of scaffolding on a day like yesterday, then that's what you're going to get. And frankly, no, it's not good enough. And it, and it, it Reflect, in my opinion, it reflects poorly on you know uh, who's the player at the SPFL, Doncaster. You know, it, rather than getting decent, credible broadcasters and to, to do the job properly, you're getting in Premier Sports via play. All these sort of half-arsed 
people that do it in a half hour way, but charge you, you know, not half hour prices. So it's really poor. It's not, it doesn't represent value for money. And I don't think I heard once, I, I just watched in the house yesterday, I don't think I heard anyone from the commentary team apologise and say we're really sorry for the pictures. But no, I, I don't think they, they, they even recognised that there was an issue, which is just really poor, you know, just really, really poor. So, yeah, I think it's something that uh, needs to be looked at uh, for future games because obviously when it comes to this stage of cup competitions, you're going to be at grounds like that. You're going to be at grounds, but you know, where there's maybe only a couple of stands. You have to work out where you're putting the camera. And to me, if, if they're worried about putting the camera on the other side, and you're literally looking at a, a ground where there's no stands, you know, because there's only one stand in, at Dumbarton, so there's nothing behind the goal. There's nothing on the other end of the ground. If, if you know, if if the boards that run the game are thinking, well, that's a bad look for Scottish football. Well, so is actually no being able to see the game. That's a very, very bad look for Scottish football, and it doesn't represent value for money. And yeah, it pissed me off yesterday. It really pissed me off because it's just it's just so amateurish. It's just really, really poor. No, absolutely. And as you say, the thinking that's definitely not the first time it's happened. The the via play, but will things change? Probably not. Uh, but anyway, back to the game, Ross. Um, you did mention it earlier about the goal we conceded because let's try and be negative for, for a wee minute here or two. Um, I think for me, the, the issue with the goal itself, it's more a partner play that we've seen kind of throughout the last couple of friendlies. And look, a lot of people say, ah, they're just friendlies and this, that, and the next thing. You know, I, I, I probably overthink things a lot more than, than people in, in the sense that I do think that normally when you kind of have a bad pre-season or whatnot, it kind of runs into the actual season. This summer is like the perfect example of that. Um, I think even a couple of years ago, that you know, the year that we won the league, um, did we not go down to like Tranmere or somebody like that and get beat like 1-0 or something? It was it was bizarre. And then, you know, we beat Real Madrid, but the pre-season performances weren't great. We, we get beat off Malmo and it, it kind of started the season slowly. Um, but... It's been a bit weird, the goals that we've been conceding loss because since Clement came in, um, and actually throughout the season, weirdly, we've got the best defence in, in the top flight. Um, and, you know, to be fair, the goals that we conceded during pre-season, um, mid-season friendlies there, it was when Goldson wasn't on the park. Obviously, Goldson was on the park yesterday, but I don't really think he could take any blame for the goal. But just a wee bit of, you know, concern there, I think, and, you know, hopefully it's something that can get you know, wiped out pretty pretty quickly. Yeah, it is a concern. It's the the classic ball into the box, and the guy has uh, kind of found that. Well, the attacker has found himself or, or found a way to get between the two defenders. Um, and and to me, watching that as a fan of the defending team, and that reads to me like we've got two defenders who have misjudged the flight of the ball. One's gone too far forward, and one's not coming up. So um, yeah, you can. Was it was it Copenhagen where we we conceded two corners again yeah, coming in from exactly. yeah coming in from that side as well um, and kind of knocked in at the near post so yeah it's it's a concern when Dumbarton can identify that as a weakness and exploit it um, given the the, the, the the caliber of the opposition that we'll be facing on a regular basis is, is higher than that um, I. I'm not the biggest fan of, say, Borna Barisic. Uh, I don't think he'll be at the club beyond the uh, the end of this season. Um, and so I think that that 
but that left back position is an area that we should be looking to, to strengthen and, and hopefully in time that would that would solve that problem. But yeah, to me that's a concern because it's also it's such a it's such a simple goal to concede. It's an easy goal to concede. It's a lovely ball into the box as well, actually, by the way. And we should we should we should acknowledge that. It was a great ball and the the, the boys done well actually. All he really needed to do, the commentator said it as well, just get something on it and, and redirect it because of the pace of the ball coming in. Um, so it was a good ball and it's a good goal. Um, but yeah, look, it's yeah. we have got the best defence in the league um, and and it's not the, the greatest concern, but it is a little worrying, as I say, that even even Dumbarton can identify that as a potential weakness. Um, I will temper that by saying if I was Dumbarton, I'd be playing for set pieces and throw the ball in the box against any Premier League opposition. You're the underdog and that's what you need to do. Um, it's not a, a major concern. Uh, my major concerns are elsewhere on the park, quite frankly. Um, but it's something that I hope the coaching staff have got an eye on. And then, uh, speaking of that concern, I think uh, we're, we're all going to come to everyone's favourite Rangers player, Cyril Dessel's calling. Um, he got his goal yesterday eventually. Um, I think it only took him five or six chances this time as opposed to his usual ten, so he's improving. But I think kind of maybe the, the general point I'm, I kind of want to make on him is that I, and maybe question things is, is some of the criticism that he's getting, you know, a wee bit like over the top and maybe unnecessary is the wrong word. I'll, I'll probably stick to over the top. But for me, he's a guy who he's trying, clearly he is trying all the time. Um, he works hard. He's available for every game. You know, I put a tweet last night that a lot of people are raging about when I, I compared them to Morelos in the sense that, you know, he's got 10 goals this season, he's going to beat Morelos' goal tally for last season, albeit that's not difficult, but also as well, as I say, he's available for every game. Um, in terms of big, big moments, okay, he let us down at Parkhead, but apart from that, in terms of massive games, I don't really think he's done anything that's, you know, cost us because out with that Celtic game of one, pretty much all of our other big games this season. And, you know, he set up that goal for Roof against Celtic um, at the start of the season that should have counted. So I think with Dessers, uh, the thing with me is, if he's maybe the second or third choice striker, I think you're probably turning around and saying, yeah, he's doing an okay job for the output that he's getting. But obviously the concern is, at the moment, he is the number one pick. But then again, that's kind of out with his control as well. It's not his fault that, you know, Ruth's injured. It's not his fault that Daniel's been injured. So, whilst, yeah, obviously he deserves criticism for missing a lot of chances, I do think some of the criticism maybe is a wee bit unjustified of him. Yeah, I, I, would, I would agree with that. I mean, I think the big, the big issue with Dessers is, is how much we paid for him. I think that's the issue. You know what I mean? How much did we pay for him? Was it was three million? Well, I think four million. <laughs> you know, for, so it was it was top money. You know, we yeah. thought we were getting someone who could who could lead the line. Uh, I think it's I think it's fairly evident that you know if you were asking me to, to go the rest of the season with him being the, the, the sort of main striker, I think I would have an issue with that. I agree with Ross. You know, there will maybe we be things to worry about defensively, but overall, I think we're not too bad there. Uh, I think we're fairly covered in midfield as well. I think if we get goals in January in this team, then you know we have a chance. We genuinely have a chance of winning this title. You know, if we win our two games in hand, get it down to two points, 
you know, we're not conceding a huge amount of goals. If we increase the goals at the other end of the park, then we definitely have a chance. So I, I wouldn't trust Dessers to be that guy that's going to get his goals at the other end of the park. That said, I do think some of the, the abuse is 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 over the top. Uh, as you said, I think 10 goals, did you say? 25 games. So that's, that's effectively a goal every three games. Uh, I think he's... I think he presses well. I think he leads the press pretty well. I, I think despite the fact that he's a bit slow, uh, you know, and, and big and, a bit, and maybe a wee bit awkward looking, he, you know, he, he, he moves. He's 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 not lazy, that's for sure. You know, he's prepared to uh, to lead the press. I think his movement is pretty good at times. I thought his movement was good yesterday in the first half. Uh, obviously, his finishing is a bit erratic. But you know one thing I do really like about him, and, and and to me this is just based on my own sort of perception of what a striker should be. Because you know when I played amateur, that's what I was. He, he keeps going. You know he doesn't let missed chances put him off. You know a lot of people would would be missing the chances that he's missing at the moment and thinking, you know what, I'm I'm not going to put myself in position here to to miss another one. He keeps going. Uh, a bit like McCoist in that respect, you know, because it didn't matter how many McCoy's missed. McCoy's missed a few, by the way. You know what I mean? He missed a lot of chances in his career. Uh, you know, Ali kept going, and I think there's a bit of that in Dessers. He's, he's not frightened to miss. He's not frightened to get into the position uh, for the next opportunity to, to have another crack. And I thought he deserved his goal yesterday. And I felt, you know, in the second half, especially when he went off and we brought on uh, Silva, I, I didn't think we looked quite as threatening. And I thought our best period was in that that first half, you know, we created chance after chance after chance. So, yeah, he's not who I would want to be the, the main striker from here until the end of the season. But do I think he's as bad a player as a lot of people are making out? I don't. Someone said to me on Twitter yesterday that he's the worst striker in Rangers history. Oh, which uh, is just, just <laughs> absolute. When I think of like Francis Jeffers, I think of, you know, James Beatty, Sebo, oh, you know, he scored more goals than these three guys combined. You know what I mean? So I, I don't think he's as bad as many people make out. I certainly think he can contribute between now and the end of the season. You know what I mean? I, I, you know, it's, it's not all about the big games, it's not all about Celtic. Uh, you know, you're going to have to have times when you're. If we do get a, a, a another striker in, you're maybe going to have to to rest them. And and I think he, you know, Dessers could come in and do a job against, you know, some of the sort of perceived lesser teams in the league. So yeah, I think I think you see at the end of the season. I think uh, Clement rates him more than a lot of supporters do. I, I don't think he wants him to be again be his lead striker from uh, from here until the end of the season. But I think he knows he can get goals out of him. That goal in Betis, by the way, that was. I mean, that was. Uh, that was all him, you know. I mean, he picked that ball up in that sort of in the left hand side, beat a couple of players, and great finish. So he's shown that he's capable of doing it. He just needs to do it more on a consistent basis. Uh, so yeah, that's the, that's a long way of saying no. I don't want him to be a number nine from now until the end of the season, but he can definitely contribute, and he's not as bad as a lot of people make out in my opinion. No, I agree. But Francis Jeffers, man, talk about a blast for the past. I just. As soon as I hear his name, I just remember all the chances that he missed against South Media Bratislava, that 0-0 game at Ibrox. He was just randomly put in for that. But I, I suppose at least we'll never get beat 5-0 after him. So yeah. <laughs> um, Ross, what's your overall thoughts? In the, I mean, I'm saying overall thoughts. Like, I think everyone's probably got the similar opinion of him. It's just, I, I'm the type of person that when I see people piling in on somebody, I just like, I, I don't really like that. I'm, I'm the type of person that likes to 
probably stuck up for people in that situation, maybe against my better judgment sometimes. But um, I, I, I just think some of the criticism that he's getting is over the top. As, as I say, I don't think Bill brought him in to be the first choice striker. How could he when you've got he spent more money on Danilo? He's obviously wanting him to be the first choice striker. Kamal Roof, he costs what, four plus million quid as well. So, you know, really we should have, you know, three, four now if you include Silva top strikers who are, are all vying for, for games, but, you know, for different reasons, you know, people aren't available. Um, but yeah, I just think some, some of the abuse for me, it's just it's just over the top. And, you know, Colin mentioned it there that, you know, he does seem to kind of take things in his stride and he doesn't let things affect him. But I think, you know, it must affect you as a human when you're constantly being berated by people and stuff like that. And I don't think any of us want him to be the main striker moving into the rest of the season you know whether that happens or not we'll see but what I don't want to be in a situation is that he is a main striker head into the rest of the season and then it's just like every single game as soon as he does something wrong and he misses a chance people are just breaking him because as much as people might not like it if he is an only striker for the next few months we're going to need him and we're going to need him you know to be in good form and we're, we're just going to have to back him really yeah no you're absolutely right I think it's 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 very easy and a lot of us have been guilty of, of moments like, you know, in, in the old firm where he had all the time in the world and did nothing with it and, and ended up being tackled in the box. Um, it was easy. Fouled in the box, Ross. Fouled in the box. Fouled in the box. It's easy I'll, I'll, I'll correct you there. <laughs> it's easy for us to say, and I've seen a lot of people at that point saying things like, he should never play for us again. Um, and being very reactive like that. Um I agree with what Colin said. He never hides. He absolutely never hides. Um, despite some of the, some of the worst moments I've seen from a striker, he's not the worst striker we've ever had. Of course not. He's had some of the worst individual moments I've ever seen. Though. Um, but regardless of that, he doesn't hide. And it comes back again to you, Craig. You mentioned their mentality and how he responds to that, and people getting on his back. I believe that was the difference between Cyril Dessers and Sam Lammers. I think Sam Lammers responded really negatively to that and that's it's not necessarily a criticism of him as a person but it certainly proves he's not right to play for rangers um i i believe his head went and you know he, he played this morning for this morning this afternoon um for utrecht against psv by all accounts had a really good game you know had an assist set up a goal played well um in a slightly different position but it it, it it's that sort of classic thing of playing for Rangers is that he couldn't handle the weight of the shirt and he goes somewhere with a bit less pressure and and all is well. Um, that doesn't seem to be the case for Dessers. Um, I'll, I'll be honest, I've met him. Um, totally chance encounter. Um, but I had a chat with him for a couple of minutes. Really sound guy, really nice, really chatty and couldn't believe the scale of the club and and you could tell he felt privileged to be there. And this was only like a few weeks ago. This wasn't when he just signed and um, and things hadn't gone wrong for him. This was a difficult time, but he was he was still full of sort of pride and admiration for the club. So um, uh, to come back to him as a player, I like a huge amount of what he does. I really do. He's always looking for the ball. He's always looking to bring others into play. Um, what goal was it? I me, my show and my age now, my memory is terrible. But a few weeks back, he had an unbelievable assist with a, a, a sort of a long oh, range. Oh, the Cosman one against Kilmarnock. That's it. 
um, with the ball through, and um, so he's, he's he creates goals, he scores good goals, he misses a hell of a lot of goals. Um, but I actually like a huge amount of what he does. It's just that his end product at times is lacking. Uh, I I would not want him shipped out at this point of the season because if he's going to get, we've got ten goals the first half of the season. If he picks up another five goals, if he gets 15 goals this season, <sighs> all right, for the outlay, for the money that we've spent on him, it's hard to call him a successful signing. But he's got to be measured in his goals and he's scoring. Um, so it's it's one of those things that, um, what is it, lies, damn lies in statistics. His statistics are he's scored 10 goals and he's scored in five different competitions this season. So it's not like he can only do it against Diddy teams. He can take on two defenders, turn them, sit them down and, and, and score a nutmeg under the keeper away at Pettis. Like I say, I like a lot of what he does. I hate a lot of what he does. Um, he's not the best striker we've ever had, but he's certainly not the worst. He just has some of the worst moments and he doesn't help himself. But um, but let's let's be kind. Let's say he's an enigma. But as, as you say there, Craig, you know, you look at Kamar Roof, you look at Danilo, you look at Sam Lammers, if they were fit and firing, we should have one of the most potent straight forces, or the most potent straight force in the country. Um, unfortunately, I believe that right now the difference between us and Celtic is that they score goals where we don't. You look at the last Old Firm game, um, they take the, the, the one chance that they have, the two chances that they have, that's been the case for the last couple of games, and they score goals that we don't. Um, if we can solve that problem, and, and by all accounts, with the players that we've got, we should be scoring more goals, but whether it's due to bad form, bad recruitment, or bad luck with injuries, it just doesn't happen. So that's a that's a real shame, and it leaves us again. I think as all of us would be keen to see another striker come in this window, um, despite, as I say, despite the addition of, of Silva. Yeah, hopefully we just don't striding strikers out of the Rigmans. That, that would be a good start. <laughs> just some guys that are going to get us like 30 goals this season, and that's it. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, they're, they're hard to come by these days, I think, Craig. You know what I mean? The days of sort of McCoy's and Hale, they seem to be you know, picking up strikers like that are gone. But another thing I meant to say about Death, he's improving. You yeah. know what I mean? He's definitely improving. I think he himself acknowledged that he's, you know, in an interview last week there. He said that he himself feels that since Clemence came in, uh, you know, he's improving. And I'd agree with that. You know what I mean? And I think that's something you have to credit Clement with. I think we all felt when we came in, he had an absolute shit show to deal with, you know what I mean? And there was a lot of chat, I, I, I was certainly talking in these terms with, you know, when you're having a pint now after the game with, with your mates, I was like, you know, he's, he's we've, got a, we've got a new conductor, but it's the same orchestra, you know, he can only get a tune out of what's there, but he has, he has got a tune out of them, you know what I mean? He's 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 got more out of the, the players than, than the Bill was getting. And again, I'll just go back, If we, I, I think we've got enough defensively and in, and in the middle of the park uh, I would be looking at the front that you know the the front three you know more goals in that team and, and see what it takes us uh, and I'm, I'm confident that Dessers will get us more goals I really am I, I don't think he'll be the guy leading the line but I, I certainly think he'll contribute yeah, here's hoping anyway. Um, speaking of new signings, um, looks as if we're about to, to sign a midfielder today. Um, Mohamed Diamande, I believe it's pronounced, um, looks as if he's coming in from Northland. Um, Ross, I'll start with you with this one then. I mean, look, I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I know an awful lot about the guy. In fact, 
I know nothing about the guy. Um, but in terms of on paper profile, it does kind of fit into you know the way yeah. much the club are, are wanting to operate. Um, the transfers, I think, maybe the, the slight issue is you know he's a midfielder. We do have a lot of bodies in there, so maybe it's not you know at this moment in time the deal that we probably should be doing, but. Then again, sometimes with transfers, you don't pick and choose the times when a player's going to be available. So this might have been the only time to, to bring him in. Although I'm not actually sure what's happening with, with Sifuentes because he put up a, a cryptic post yesterday on Instagram where it was like 50% of people thought he'd just been dumped by his missus and 50% of people thought that he's out injured for the rest of the season. Um, he wasn't available yesterday and I don't think the manager really gave an update. So we'll, we'll wait and see. But... Um, I suppose, yeah, on paper, it's hopefully an, an exciting arrival. Yeah, um, certainly the, the the profile of players that, that I would like to see us sign, and that's me acknowledging my wanky football hipster type. You know, he's come from uh, a league that I think we should be scouting because there is potential in those kinds of leagues. Um, he's come from a club where we wouldn't have to pay a massive fee. So it's, you know... Um, it's probably a move that suits all parties. That guy's unlikely to get a move to the Prem from Nordsjöland, but he could get a move to the Prem from, from us. So again, yeah, probably one that suits all parties. I absolutely agree, and uh, it's a point I made to um, to someone earlier today. It's like, again, that's not the position on the park that I would expect us to strengthen. Um, but the person I was speaking to did make the point that We've had to kind of shoehorn our backup right back into midfield in December because we didn't have enough bodies or, or, or capability in the centre of the park, which I think is a fair point. You know, Ryan Jack can't trust him to be available um, consistently. Sifuentes, Sifuentes hasn't done it for me. If he was available, I, I don't think he's going to make the grades yet, personally. Um, so actually, you know, thinking about it, from reading some reports, I'm not going to pretend I know the guy. I'm not going to pretend I'd heard of him before 11 o'clock this morning. I'm not going to pretend I've watched any Nordsjöland matches. Um, but the reports seem to suggest that he's quite versatile, that he's quite dynamic and he's quite forward-looking and he wants to play with the ball in front of him rather than behind him. Um, the, the types of players that that speaks to in my mind is Kieran Dowell and Tom Lawrence, neither of whom are available regularly or consistently. So... Uh, actually, I, when, when you think of it that way, I don't mind us looking at that kind of player or at that position, sorry. So the profile fits for me. The profile works in terms of spend, in terms of age. He's 22 years old. He's played 100 senior games. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm happy enough with, with how much we're likely to have to spend um, to, to bring a player like that in. The, the, the one thing that worries me is that it's, it's, probably, it's probably the case that we have a limited kitty or a limited pot for this window so i would hope that that the board the executives at the club the manager um are not bringing in a, a center midfielder or a, a, an eight or a six or whatever it is at the expense of a striker or at the expense of a winger or at the expense of of whoever else it might be um we'll have to wait and see i suppose where are we now 21st of jan so we have got roughly 10 days left the transfer window. Uh, Clement's comments yesterday after the game talked about bringing in a few players. So I expect more. 
But um, yeah, Fabio Silva is a very highly rated player who cost a hell of a lot of money. Um, and and yeah, this chap, Dai Monday, um, is a is a good profile. So it's a it's a good start, I think, for a for a January window. Mm-hmm. Colin, you get any thoughts on the, the potential new signing coming in? Uh, to be honest with you, I don't really know enough about him, and uh, so just have to wait and see. One thing I will say is, you know, I don't think we have a great record of late in terms of players coming in. There was a, oh, it, was, it was a month or so back. There was a thing doing the rounds on social media that the players that we'd signed over the last. I think it was since Gerard had moved on, you know, the sort of three or four windows or whatever there's been since he'd moved on and the money we'd spent on them. And honestly, none of them you would consider really value for money. Uh, so that's an area we need to, we definitely need to improve. We need to improve in the recruitment. I think Clement said himself recently, you know, it, it, it's, I find it quite interesting. He seems to be having little pops at, Whoever, uh, and and he's uh, sort of pressed his uh, press conferences. He was making a comment the other day about, you know, it's crazy that there's five players that he contract at the end of the season, and you know, he's he's made comments previously about uh, various bits and bobs. So I, I I get the impression he's came in, and there's elements of how the club has been doing its business that doesn't impress him, if you know what I mean, and 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 he wants to address that. Uh, so hopefully with him being in and obviously there's a new sort of director of football guy and you know the the level of players that we bring in will improve because th- that's what the club needs to do you know if, if you improve the, the the level of player that's coming in you win leagues you get access to the Champions League that gets you money that makes you sustainable and it makes you attract a greater type of player better quality player and it becomes, you know, you're bringing players in, selling them on for a profit. You're maybe getting access to the Champions League every second year or whatever, every third year, whatever it takes. You know, that's that's how the club needs needs to operate. Unfortunately, that's just the the, the, the hard facts of it. We need to we need to improve the amount of times we get access to that Champions League. Even although I prefer the Europa League, I think that's more our, our level. Uh, and we also need to start really, and, and increasing the profit we, we make from the players that we bring in. Because the days of bringing in, you know, Ronald De Boer and Van Bronckhurst and all those sort of types, those days are gone, you know. So we're uh, we're going to have to sign these boys on the way up, you know, and, and make a profit on them and get the occasional one that's that's on the way down, you know, to, if, you're, if you're looking for a star, so to speak, a big name. Uh, and that's it, you know. So that's 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 what we need to know. So I, I don't really know enough about this boy. The one concern I do have is is the fact that he comes from Ivory Coast because I hate losing players to to that Africa Cup and I, I just hate it. You know, what I mean, it, it wouldn't bother me if it was in the summer. It's just the fact that it hits us right in the middle of the season and you're losing players. Uh, and I think Man City are really good at this. You know, I was I was reading a thing in the, I think it was Athletic. Few weeks back, and it was saying, you know, the Premiership teams that were going to be impacted with Africa Cup of Nations, you know, Liverpool were losing a few. This club was, everybody was losing quite a lot. Man City, I, I think it was Man, Man City and Arsenal. There was two clubs, but Man City, none, absolutely none. And it seems to me that Pep Guardiola was like, I'm not doing any business from that part of the, just because the calendar's out of sync. You know what I mean? It's a major tournament right in the middle of your season. And that gives me the fear, and and you can see why we see him. You know, what I mean, we don't know how long he's going to be out for. 
yeah, that's the only concern I have is signing someone who's probably going could be good enough to play uh, for his international team and then, you know, come the African Cup of Nations around about sort of December, January time every is it every two years in Afcon? I think so, yeah. <sighs> Gives me the fear of that like, you know what <laughs> I mean? I just it's just, you know, if this, if this guy turns out to be a superstar, you're losing them, you know what I mean, right in the middle of the season. And it's, yeah, it's not perfect. Colin, do you ever, do you ever watch the African Cup of Nations? No. <laughs> it's phenomenal. It's honestly, it's absolutely brilliant. Like, Scottish football is mental and, and batshit crazy, but AFCON is, like, on another planet. Like, you've got Bebe, the ex-Man United forward, scoring a 45-yard free kick the other day. You've got guys who say they're 19 and look like they're about 40. It's um, it's just, it's on another planet. Some of the stuff that goes on in that tournament is wonderful. Really good to watch on at the moment, every day. Fantastic. I, I, I know, it's, it's just, I, I struggle with international football as it is, you know what I mean? So, uh, I've got, I've got too much football to watch and I just, right. nah, it's just, I've struggled, honestly, like, uh, no, I never even watched the last World Cup for various reasons, but uh, it's just international football just pisses me off at times. So no, uh, and, and and one of the reasons that pisses me off is they take your players away, injure them, and then send them back. So uh, uh, that, it only happens to Rangers, but it doesn't seem to happen to anybody else. Whether it's yeah. the African nations or Steve Clark at Scotland, so uh, I I'm starting to get that bugbear for international football as well. But um, before we move on to our uh, next point on the agenda, just need to give um, you guys a message from another one of our sponsors. Um, that is Football Prizes, um, who are a company who specialise in football competitions and match draws. Um, and the latest competition, um, you can win a signed 23-24 Rangers home shirt, signed by the new manager, Philippe Comont, as well as another um, signed memorabilia from Borna Barisic. Um, it's £3.95 per entry, um, and there's 149 um, maximum tickets um, available. Um, you can get them over at footballprizes.co.uk or you, you can also get the link over on our Twitter at Online. So a couple of decent prizes there to be um, won, hopefully. Um, in terms of other transfer business, um, Ross, you know, I think we, we all know that we, we want a striker. The general consensus seems to be that we're all interested in one particular striker from Hearts who's, you know, depending on who you believe, has been well the last couple of days. Um, don't know about that. But um, the thing with Shankland is, I mean, the, the point is not so much whether should we sign him or not. I've said that a couple of weeks ago. It's a pretty obvious sign for me, in my opinion. Um, I, I genuinely think if we can bring in a decent enough striker, I think we'll win the league. Uh, you know, that's just my opinion on it. Um, but, you know, in terms of bringing in guys that has quality, you know, how much he'll probably cost at this stage of the season, that is going to be difficult. So I might be looking at, you know, maybe loan deals to try and shore us up um, in that area as well. But also as well, you know, if we're probably going to be keeping Dessers and like, I've got real OCD with shirt numbers. So it's like, if we do bring in Shankland, it's like, what number are we going to give him? Because we can't give him nine. Uh, we can't give him 99 as well, because that's Daniel's number. Um Every day, like a Derek Riordan mark two abs when you gave him like the number zero nine or something like that. I don't know. Uh, I think he's won twenty four in the past, but strikers shouldn't wear the number twenty four. Um, I'm sorry, it needs to be something that ends in a nine or a seven or something like that. Um, but I would like to sign him. But then again, it's like are the club even interested in him? That's the thing. Like you know, 
people are people just seem to have this idea in their heads that I we want to sign Shackle this out the next thing, but the club are pretty tight lipped on it, as they are about a lot of transfers, to be fair to them, but I don't know whether they're just maybe doing that to try and maybe play the game a wee bit or, you know, um for other reasons. But for me, he has a guy that we want to bring in, um or that I want to bring in certainly, um and I think his goals would would win as a league to be quite honest. But just because we want something to happen, Ross, as we know, doesn't mean that it can, sadly. Yeah, look, I, I agree with you, and it goes back to what I said earlier. The difference between us and them right now is they score the goals that we don't. Uh, I, I agree that a good striker probably wins us the league. Um, that good striker is like a 2020 Alfredo Morelos. We have him right now, we win the league. Um, Lawrence Shankland has scored goals consistently throughout his career. Um, certainly his career in Scotland he, he did have a little sojourn away somewhere I can't, can't quite remember Belgium or something like that and, and it, maybe didn't set the world on fire but um, we've been linked with Lawrence Shankland since he was at Air United you know there's been chat about it for like five or six years now consistently um, and this is a debate that I've seen is causing quite a lot of friction or quite a lot of um, division on social media and people getting quite heated about it Um uh, I don't mean to bring any of that division or friction my way, but he's not the signing for me personally. Um, that, that being said, I'm not I'm not a scout and I don't work in football, but he, I, I think we need to be prioritising as well. Of course, bringing in the right striker and of course getting goals and, and winning competitions, but it doesn't fit the player trading model that I think is really really crucial um, and that is long overdue being kicked into gear. The guy. We're talking about the guy moving for his last big contract. That's that's where he is in his career now. Was he 28, 29? Um, he doesn't have any resale value at all. So, um, you know, yes, yes, he scores goals. I'm not trying to downplay that. I'm trying to minimise that. He scores goals. He would score goals for us. He would, you know, help the homegrown quota, all of that stuff. By all accounts, he's a big Rangers fan. Um, the number I heard, and there's a lot of numbers flying, rumours and that, I believe it's £3 million to get him away from Hearts. Um, I I believe that money could be invested better elsewhere. Not elsewhere on the park, I think it should be going on a striker. But I think that £3 million could get you a different profile of player, a different type of player. Um, I would not be... Uh, I stress this, I would not be disappointed if he came in because I do think short term he'll get his goals. Um, but I think there must be, there must be, maybe I'm being naive, but there must be a player out there who can get his goals and fits the player trading model and can do that for, for less than the asking price of Lauren Shankland at the minute. Um, so I wouldn't be disappointed if we signed him, but I, I wouldn't be breaking down walls to go and get him in. It's kind of like, obviously I mentioned about the player trading model, which which is true, and by all accounts that's probably a reason why we might not sign him, because he doesn't fit that model, but for me it's kind of risk-reward, you know, say it is £3 million, if that £3 million goes and wins you the league, then you've got automatic entry into the Champions League next year that's revamped, and what's that going to be worth, thirty thirty five million quid, and you know, even if we got a guy to come in and score you know, 25, 30 goals a season who's a 20-year-old one-looker or something, the most amount of money you'd probably get from is about 20 million quid anyway. So, 
It's one of those ones that I just find we're at a stage now, though, you know, we're in January, we need someone to come in and do a job short term. Um, and I don't like the club thinking short term because, you know, we obviously need to have a long term plan and it's good to have all that. But at this moment in time, I just don't really think we're in a position to be to be messing about and, and taking chances on people. In my opinion, I think his goals, what he would bring to the team, I, I genuinely think he would win us the championship. And, you know, out with obviously all the great things that we're in the league brings in itself, you know, that Champions League money as well is something that, you know, I would hope that the club's fighting about. But it's one of those ones we'll see um, what's going to happen with it, Colin. What's, what's your thoughts on this whole situation at the moment uh, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of a mixture of the, the two of really I, I think it's is that risk and reward thing you know what I mean it's but I also think you know you've did, how much you know the, again going back to I, I can remember like when Ian Ferguson signed for Rangers uh, for St Mum you know and I think it started off at like 500,000 and then it was 600,000 you know and St Mirren just kept up and that, you know and they managed to get a million out of us. Now, that was a million that was worth a million because Ferguson you know was an outstanding sort of player for the club you know he was there for every one of the nine and all that kind of stuff uh, but I, I just think again those days are gone where we can just say right well there's two or three million so like any deal it depends on what they're asking if it is the three million that Ross is talking about, I don't know. I I, I would be thinking nearer two, to be honest with you. Maybe two and a half at a push. Uh, but I, I think you're also right, Craig. You know, it's I, I don't think he guarantees us the title. Uh, I, I think he gives us a really good chance. We've got to remember, you know, Celtic are going to strengthen as well. They're going to get out there and because the, they they know they're in a fight. I think you know if you win those two games in hand, it's down to two points. The next whole fun games at Highbrooks. So they're going to strengthen as well, uh, and I think and that, I think they already have. I think they've signed a winger. So I don't think he guarantees us a title if, if Shanklin comes in, but uh, he certainly gives us. You know, he knows the league. He's scored in this league consistently. Uh, I think he would score goals for Rangers. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Uh, and then I, from what I hear, same as Ross, that he's, you know he would walk over broken glass to get to Ibrox. You know, from what I hear, he's a big Rangers man. So. I, I think he would, he, he, like any deal, he, he, he has the potential to be a good player for Rangers and a good signing. But, uh, you know, I think the days of just chucking money at it are gone and the deal has to be right. It has to, it has to be right for us financially. If it's not, then we, we need to look at uh, alternative options and, and see what we can get. But, you know, we've, we've chucked six million at Danilo, we've chucked three, four million at Desters. You know, I mean, uh, I. I just think you know what you're getting with Shankland. So, yeah, it's a tricky one. I would like to see him come in, but the, the, the price has to be right. Uh, but I have a feeling it might just be happening. I, I wasn't thinking it was happening up until yesterday when he didn't appear uh, in the heart in the squad yesterday. I thought, I thought that could be a wee sign that uh, he might just be coming. I don't know. I don't know what would have pissed him. <laughs> Some of you chuckled yesterday because the, the team got read out. I had, I had uh, the, the Hearts game on yesterday when I was, I was talking about the house and I just heard them saying, oh, Shanklin's not on the squad. Some ears pricked up so I went through to see what was getting said and then, and then behind the goal at the Hearts end there was a big, huge red hand the Ulster. I thought, well, that's the Celtic fans triggered. Shanklin's not on the squad and, <laughs> and there's a sectarian flag in the Hearts end. That's it. You know what I mean? The emails will be flying into BBC Scotland as we speak. Uh, so, yeah, I'd I would like to see him come in, but at the right price. 
Aye. I think the one thing that we can all agree on though is that we do need a striker. So the sooner we get one in the better. I just think it would have been brilliant if we had him in by now in White's first league game. Could have been at Easter Road last minute winner like he done a few weeks ago for Hearts. Would have been absolutely brilliant. But hey ho, we'll, we'll just need to wait and see what happens. Mentioned it there, Ross. Obviously, moving on to the game midweek against Hibs. I love, I love a trip through Easter Road. You know, brilliant. Brilliant games, normally quite exciting games. Um, a lot of goals as well. I think we um, went there like, twice last season, 1-4-1 one, one, and 3-1. Um, obviously, I oh, know it was last season. No, ah, it was last season as well. We went there three times, actually. We drew two each at the start of the season where um, Lundstrom and Morelos got sent off. Um, was Ollie Collum refereeing that? That's a surprise. Eh? Uh, oh, aye, aye. No, I, I don't think I don't think we should mention him anymore. I, I just like to forget about that guy. To be quite honest, but um, I don't think he'll be refereeing a Rangers game for a good couple of months anyway. He'll, he'll probably get the old firm game in like April or something like that. At Ibrox. That's probably that. That'll probably be what happens. Like, ah, you can't do any Rangers games until an old firm win at Ibrox, and then, aye, let's just see what happens in that one. Three big bad decisions going against Rangers and. Three old firm games on the road, do you think? Don't know. We'll need to wait and see. But um aye, Ross, it's it's obviously a big game. It's you know, one of our two games in hand. It's on paper anyway, it's going to be our toughest, but to be quite honest, Hibs this season I think have been been pretty poor. Um the manager that they brought in a bit like the, the previous couple, he just doesn't really seem to be doing a particularly good job. Um I'm a bit of a weird place, Hibs, because like the you know, they obviously are a a big club in terms of Scottish football size, but the last couple of years have not really performed to the levels that, that they probably should be doing. And one thing is going to be sure anyway, despite maybe the lack of quality they've got on the pitch, um, the fans and everyone at the club are definitely going to be up for it. So it'll be a tough game as, as they always are at Easter Road. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think Hibs are in a slightly odd position at the minute. You know, I often think of Hibs as either being really shite or quite strong <laughs> yeah they're sort of you know looking at the table now they're in sixth but they've only i say only they've only got 25 points from 20 games so that's an average of like 1.2 points a game which is really poor you know it's not good two teams below them we've got Dundee and Aberdeen both on 22 points so three points behind but with two games in hand so either of those two win win plus draw, um, that's Hibs dropping into the bottom six. I'm looking at their their squad at the minute. There's no players there. Martin Boyle, maybe. Um, Chris Cadden's got good pedigree, I suppose. I'm not really seeing players there that strike fear into me as a, as a, as a Rangers fan. Um, it just, it sort of feels that they're I know this is obviously we go on to lose this game on Wednesday and this is all getting clipped up and posted around social media, but they don't they don't look on paper as strong as Hibs teams that we've faced over the past, say, five years. Um I think they've got a good manager, actually, to, to be fair to them. I, I think Nick Montgomery done well out in Australia and I think he's getting probably more of a tune out of these players than than others perhaps could have done. Um I would love for them to bring Lee Johnson back because he was phenomenal value. Um, I see he's already been binned off down at Fleetwood. 
Um, yeah, I, th- I think he's um, trying to sell like coaching courses on LinkedIn now as well, which I just think is hilarious. But right, it's like <laughs> it's like me selling a diet course. Like it's just <laughs> it's not. No one's buying that. Um, look again, just out of fear of this getting clipped up and passed around Twitter if we lose on on Wednesday. You never know with Hibs. It's a bit like Aberdeen. They they are desperate to beat us. You will meet Hibs fans that hate Rangers more than they hate Hearts. I find that weird, but that's that's you know the way that we've been demonised over the past ten years. That's where we are now. Um, we've got enough to win this game. You know, players coming back from injury, finish the winter break. They had they scraped past Forfar yesterday, and you know that was a shocking goal for Forfar to lose as well. So actually, Forfar gave them a game. Um, you've got to think that we've we've got to have enough to get get past the team in sixth. Uh, so I'd like to think we're we're picking up three points and, and closing the gap. Mm-hmm. Colin, obviously, it's a big game coming up. Um, in terms of the team, um, I'm just wondering if there's going to be many changes to the one that was made yesterday. I think it'll be pretty similar out with, obviously, Butlin coming back and um, Goldson suspended as well. Yeah, so yeah. I think, t- to be quite honest, I'm really only looking at and saying, you know, Butland and um, Will Balligan will come in for, for Goldson. I think that's probably going to be about it, to be honest. I mean, um, I was kind of thinking maybe... You know, with Jack coming on, has come on, maybe want to give him a starting wedding, just cause it's, you know, Easter Road and we'll give you a wee bit of dig. But I thought the asking was, was pretty pretty good yesterday, pretty controlled. So I think it'll be out with those two changes, probably probably the same team moving forward next week. Yeah, and I, I get the, the feeling that, come on, rates Raskin, you know what I mean? And he, yeah. it, 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 did, it, did Raskin no score against Hibs in his first game? He did, yeah. Against the Clements' first game. He's not really done much since then, so he is due as a performance for asking, you know what I mean? So, yeah, slight worry that Goldson's out, you know what I mean? I do think he holds that defence together at times. Uh, he's, a, he's a sort of main man, obviously, but, Butlin's back, that gives you a wee bit more confidence. Just always a wee bit anxious going to Easter Road, just because of the reasons that, you know, Ross talks about, you know, they're just a demented bunch of Rangers haters, really, you know what I mean? It seems to me that the you know, like them, Aberdeen, Dungeon United, beating Rangers is the, the be-all and end-all. So, but I think Ross is right in the terms that it, it doesn't quite, you know, there's no like a Ryan Portis or that there now. Uh, you know, there's, there's not that same uh, sort of team that they maybe had two or three years ago. But we, we still need to be professional in our business, go there and do the job. Uh, you see, if we, if we do it, we've... we've so we'll be down to five points after that then won it and then we've got one more game in hand so yeah important that we get the three points and traditionally this is where we tend to go a bit tits up you know what I mean this is when you know coming back for winter breaks and stuff like that is when traditionally we've kind of went off the rails a little bit so it would be good to avoid that so yeah I think hopefully we'll get the three points you know fairly confident I've got, I've got no reason to doubt that Clement won't treat it the way he's treated every other game you know we we just look a far uh, better outfit since he's arrived. You know, we're we're greater than the sum of our parts, really, at the moment. I would argue. You know, what I mean, we're, we're, I think he's he's getting more out of us than I than I thought we thought he would have when he moved in. You know, what I mean, he's I I didn't think there was a title race on when he came in. I thought the league was already gone. We win these two games in hand, and all of a sudden there, there is a title race on. So 
got no reasons to doubt that he won't approach the game in the same sort of professional manner, have a game plan, all that kind of stuff. It's up to the players to see it out and just, you know, play through the the sort of nonsense surrounding this fixture that, that happens a lot of the time and just, just focus on getting the three points and uh, up the road, as they say. Aye, chips and home, that would be good on Wednesday. Um, but I, I think in, in terms of us as well, the two games in hand, I'm, I'm pretty confident if we win on Wednesday, we'll, we'll beat Ross County at home anyway. So without trying to be overzealous about things, I think we probably will cut that gap down to two if we win um, on Wednesday. But um, aye, here's hope we can go and get three points. But um, I think um, we'll wrap up there. That's been about an hour anyway, so it's been a, a good discussion tonight. So, um, ladies and gentlemen, um, Alec Anderson will be back on Wednesday with his um, post-match review of the game. Um, and we'll be back on Friday um, as well um, at nine o'clock to review the Hibs game in a wee bit more detail um, and also preview uh, the St Marin game um, next weekend as well. All that's left to do tonight is thank my guests, Ross. Thanks very much, mate. No, thank you for having me. Pleasure. Colin, thanks for coming back on, mate. Thank you. Cheers, guys. Have a good one, and we'll see you back next week. Bye-bye.